With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 97 and I am here tonight with Tyler. Ryan has the night off because uh, you may have seen, if you follow us, Ryan just welcomed a beautiful baby girl into the world with his wife. Baby and wife are doing great, uh, but we're giving Ryan some time off to be a dad. So me and Tyler have it covered tonight and we have quite a bit of stuff to talk about. But Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Congrats to Ryan and Chelsea on, uh, you know, welcoming their first kid into the life. And, uh, you know, I wish them good health and, and the baby good health and everything. So, I mean, congrats to him. Yeah, and what a time to have a baby with sports coming back tonight. I know, right? I'm doing pretty good, you know. I mean, thankfully, oh, my favorite thing in the world is back. I'm going back to the gym and stuff like that. And so, you know, life is somewhat getting you know giving me a somewhat of a sense of normalcy and there's sports on tv so yeah that's a good thing uh, how are you doing greg oh i'm good i'm happy sports are back there's like a full day like two full days of hockey coming up and i i, I am like the most excited person in the world and baseball's back and baseball's uh i mean back but still a little dangerous i guess with the soto news but it's good to have sports back and it's it's good to get something on my TV other than Netflix reruns. Uh, but we've got quite a bit to talk about tonight with uh, some unveilings that happened today. A little bit and maybe, I mean, there are rumors right now on the Red Wings front. A little bit of talk about the CBA that was ratified and then some return to play talk. But we're going to start with what happened today, which was the unveiling of the 32nd NHL franchise in the Seattle Kraken. Now... I think we all kind of knew it was going to be the Kraken. Most of the other names sucked. Uh, but I was not prepared for just how good the jerseys and logo looked. And I mean, I, I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 jersey that I will probably be getting day one just because they look that good. Yep, me too. Absolutely. And 10 out of 10. Yeah, like I look at it and like the home jersey's great. It's three shades of blue. It's a dark blue, a light blue, and a medium. And there's a red Uh, stripe around the bottom just for accent which is great but i think they really really nailed the away jerseys it's they're super sharp with the white with just the the blue stripes around the ends of the arms but they even got their like secondary like some teams do really good on their primary logo and their secondary logo kind of sucks uh but they did really good on their secondary logo they got the anchor with the the middle of the anchors the space needle 
Uh, but they had a really, I mean, oh all, yeah, I just realized. That. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all all day they had an event going on for where they talked to the different people from the Seattle organization. They had Ron Francis on there trying on the jersey, and everything just went really, really well for them today. And it, I mean, it, it had to have because it took them forever to come out with any news on their team. I mean, the last news we got was the Amazon naming rights and that they're. Their arena is going to be 100% sustainable, which is phenomenal. But yeah, that's cool. I think they fell flat on the naming of the arena. I think they could have called it like Amazon Prime Arena or they could have called it AW, AWS Arena because Amazon's got their web services. Um, but they came up with like the world's longest name for their arena. Yeah, they, they should have just done Amazon Prime Arena. I don't know why you have to have to convolute the whole thing. It's like, come on, you know I mean? You, you can be an energy-efficient arena without having to call it basically that. Yeah, I, climate, like, I don't understand that. Climate Pledge Arena, which just sounds awkward. Like, we get it. You can put in all your advertisements and all your signs inside and everything that's 100% sustainable arena. Phenomenal. But don't call it Climate Pledge Arena. That just doesn't, it doesn't sound good. And it doesn't roll off the tongue, and it's not. People aren't going to remember. Oh, that's climate pledge. I mean, they probably will just because of how ridiculous it is. But I think they could have Amazon buying the naming rights could have named it something Amazon because they bought the naming rights. But that's just no, I think. I totally agree. Yeah. That's Jeff Bezos's way of pandering, I guess. But, I guess so. I, I think I think their jerseys are a nine point five out of ten, and I love them. I really do. I think I'm going to get the blue one um, when it comes out, and I'll definitely get some of their merchandise just because I did when Vegas um, unveiled theirs as well. Um, but where I think there was a little bit of a missed opportunity, and I did see it on Twitter. I even thought of this, but then but then someone actually brought it to life, which I thought was really cool. Where the anchors are, you know, like the bottom parts of the anchors, there was an opportunity to put some red eyes like right right to the left and to the right there and i think that would have looked really sharp um but i mean regardless i think they did a really good job especially for an expansion team you know i think they did a bang up job yeah i think they kept it really modern which was nice Uh, there there were some people complaining online that they said it looked too much like a baseball logo which doesn't make sense to me i think they've got one of the better logos in the league now but I, i think it's just enough red on it the colors came out great, and you, they still don't have, like, they could have a third jersey. They could have a third alternate. I had a they good idea. They should have a third jersey, yeah. they. I don't understand why these teams do this. Like, when, when you unveil a team logo and, or, like, I mean, Adidas in general, and like even even when they switched to Reebok after CCM back in the day, like I don't. There's such a missed opportunity when when they switch over to to just start right away with alternate jerseys. I don't understand why hockey is so much different than every other sport in terms of this. Every single team in the National Hockey League should have an alternate jersey. There should be no excuse, even if it's a just a little bit different than the regular one. It's it's an opportunity to sell jerseys, but I mean, we've talked about this before at nauseum the nhl does a terrible job at at marketing and fans fan stuff like that so i mean it doesn't surprise me that there isn't an alternate uniform for the seattle team now the one other gripe that i have about it and i don't know if this is just me that that kind of thinks this but 
if you think about, I mean, they have a little bit more red than Vegas does, but I mean, think about it. The last two expansion teams has a little shade of red in there. Think about that. Yeah, and they kind of gave the reason for that. The Apparently, the design team for the Seattle logo went to the owners and said, here's the design, and he's like, it needs to have an eye in it. Like, the S needs an eyeball mm-hmm. to make it look a little bit more, like, sinister. So they gave it a red eye, and that ad- added the red to the jersey, which it's good because you have that one red stripe that, that contrasts and That's sticks out against yep. everything out else. And I think oh, the I inside, I think the inside of the neck is red also. So yeah, it is. It's like the Vegas one. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Adidas. I'm not super excited with the stuff they've done. Uh, I mean, their their jersey redesigns have been pretty minor and underwhelming. Uh, I thought we were supposed to get a Red Wings third jersey or an alternate, and that never happened. So uh, I, I think well, I mean, they're, the Adidas contract runs through the 23-24 season, and I could see someone like Nike picking it up after Adidas. They should. People would buy them. They would be a little bit more mainstream, I think. I, I, like, I know Adidas loves this whole try to be different go into you know mma and go into like weird sports like that but like i mean they had the nba at one point i believe they had um major no they didn't have major league baseball that was majestic but they they definitely did have the nba at one point and they definitely had the nfl at one point and they've squandered both of those so they've come crawling to hockey and adidas is a good brand i like adidas but i mean there's no two questions about Adidas does does fuck things up at times because I mean I remember when they took over Michigan for for with Rich Rod and stuff he brought Adidas with them, and and they they messed up the greatest uniforms in in professional sports so I mean they gave them that highlighter yellow color you remember that right yeah well just like how this year that the uh, our last year the Spartans had that highlighter green color. Oh God, that is terrible too. <laughs> but yeah, that it's terrible. I don't know. Some of the decisions Adidas makes are kind of confusing. But I could see Nike picking up the jersey contract after Adidas. Nike has done. They did the Olympic jerseys, didn't they? Yeah, they do the Olympic jerseys always. They do the World Junior jerseys always. And they look I mean, really good. But it seems like they just don't want any part of hockey, though, besides uh, uh, the Olympic. Because the last, if you look at the last um, the last bid, it was Under Armour, which was below uh, Adidas. And then I think bef- bef- below that was like Bauer or CCM, which honestly I wouldn't think is the worst thing to just go back to CCM. I mean, the AHL had it for a while. And do they have Adidas now, or what do they have? No, I the think the, I think the AHL still has CCM. Yeah, I don't understand why the NHL keeps keeps doing that. I mean, you're a hockey company, you're, you're a hockey league. Why not have an NHL? Like, I understand if you're getting Nike, but I don't. I just don't think Adidas moves the needle as much as, as a lot of people do. Yeah, uh, AHL has CCM. They signed CCM. their CCM extension in 2016. So yeah, there's still CCM is still making the AHL jerseys, um, but back to Seattle. I think it's a great name. I think it's a great logo. Yep. I think the color scheme is on point. I'm excited to to have another team in the league starting in the 2021-22 season. Uh, the Red Wings even had some fun banter because now they're saying that they're emoji buddies because the they're the I Kraken. <laughs> but I today put online and, and this tweet has actually gotten some traction where that Seattle is allowed to have the squid emoji 
the That's Red what Wings. They, they've been using anyways. Yeah, the Red Wings get the octopus emoji, and they can throw squid on the ice if they want, but they should never throw an octopus on the ice because that is our thing. They're not going to throw octopus or squid, I don't think. I don't know, man. That's too much like the Red Wings. Uh, I, eh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think we're going to move on to our next topic, which is there is a small rumor that has been floating around for the past few days that said that Phillips, they were close with Philip Zadina. What's the name of the team, Tyler? It's, um, uh, let's see, the Oshilari Trinic in the Czech League. Uh, which apparently is the team that uh, Philip Zadina's dad coaches, are apparently close to signing a loan deal with Zadina, where Zadina would go over to play whenever their league starts and that whenever the NHL's training camp start back up, he would come back over. And now on the Complete Hockey News is also reporting that Joe Valeno would be going with Zadina. So... I'm not sure how that would work with the AHL because I assumed that Valena would be starting this AHL season whenever that would start back up. But I could I could see this happening. Now, there are people that say it's a highly doubtful rumor that the, team, uh, the foreign teams just make up stuff like this to get traction, to get eyes on them and stuff. But I could see it happening because if the NHL season is not supposed to start, they put out their tentative schedule until the beginning of December. December 1st is the tentative start yeah. date for next season. I The guys that haven't been playing since March, they need games. They can't go just on training. Like I know there are a, lot, a lot are allowed to go back to their facilities and train or they have. Are limited. they allowed to do that right now? Uh, I'm not sure if Detroit is allowed. I, I think that there's nothing, I don't think there's anything stopping them from doing it. Uh, the, there's no order in place that says they can't train. The Lions are training in Allen Park. So if the Red Wings wanted to, I'm sure they could go train at their facilities. But, but I don't, you can only do so much training. Training doesn't keep you in game shape skating keeps you in game shape getting on the ice keeps you in game shape so yeah, i agree with you but at least now oh it's pouring in this nationals game now but at least um at the very least like gyms aren't open in the state of michigan yet right or is that just uh, in the bottom part of the of the no, state of michigan gyms are not open at all okay so i mean the, the players i mean if they want to get back in the gym especially like guys like dylan larkin luke clendenning guys like that i mean i'm sure the illiches and, and and the red wings organization has enough power you know to get some covid tests to get these guys in there if they want to be there i mean last i checked dylan larkin was on vacation but i i don't know um you know what the extent of that is but i mean it seems like if they want to get there they can yeah, but again, I mean, the NHL, I, there were some rumors floating around that they might do an exhibition kind of mini like camp with different teams that aren't in the playoffs just to keep them ready. I saw that. I but, did see that. But that would all have to be figured out, and I haven't seen anything in at least two weeks, uh, a mention of that in at least two weeks. So that seems like less and less likely to happen. So I can see players going to play for overseas leagues, getting loaned by their teams to overseas leagues just to get some games in and some actual play in before the season starts so that they're not off for nine, ten months before playing another game. Because these these teams that are in the playoffs, 
they're going to have an advantage over the teams that have not seen any play. So, oh, yeah, no doubt. I can see, and, and there are people that are skeptical that, well, are these foreign teams going to want a player for two months and then they have to leave instead of their regular roster players? And I guess my view on that is having NHL players on your teams get you more views. You have more eyes on the sure. screen. If you're allowed to have people in seats, it gets you more people in seats because they're seeing the best hockey players in the world on their team that normally would not be there. So you get that added bonus. You also get the added bonus of those people are going to help you, even if it's only for two months, they're going to help you win games. If you want to, in the end, if your goal is to win a championship, a Philip Zadina is going to help you get those wins to win you a championship, even if he's gone in two months. Though that might be Absolutely. 10, 11 wins, 12 wins you wouldn't have had, but you added a power NHL player to your team that can help you win games. So I could see several NHL players going over to foreign leagues to to get some games in if, if the NHL doesn't want to do their exhibition for the non-playoff teams. Yeah, I, I guess it really depends on on, you know, I mean, because theoretically i mean this is gonna this this nhl seat the you know the rest of the 2019 2020 season that we're trying to kick back off i mean if if done correctly this is gonna end october 2nd the game seven in the stanley cup final if it gets there is gonna be october 2nd so this is gonna be over in a flash you know i mean assuming you know there's no covid and hopefully you know they can just get through it knock on wood but, um, you know, it's going to be over in a flash. And then, you know, these players that have played in the Stanley Cup playoffs or whatever are going to, you know, have to calm down for a couple couple weeks, couple, maybe maybe a month or so, and then they'll be right back at it. And so what I'm saying is, like, this is going to be over fast. And, and then the other it, – it's going to be up to see what happens with, with the, the NHL season that's coming. I would imagine it would start sometime in December. I don't think they can push it too far much forward than that. The The next season? Yeah. yeah. No, the tentative start date is December 1st. What so, are they, so what are they going to – do you think they're going to do what baseball is doing? What? Like playing empty stadiums or do you think they're oh, going yeah. to try they're, to at least get some people in? I don't – I think that's a state-by-state state thing. Uh, with the way that our cases are trending, I do not think there will be any people there. Uh, apparently, the Lions have have not said anything about refunding people, but their plan is to have people there. But I think that plan is going to get uh, shut down rather quickly. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the, the trajectory and if there's any effective treatments or any vaccines or whatever. That's I a game changer with everything. I guess the way I look at it is that I go to maybe four games a year, maybe. Um, I don't care if there are people there, really. I I was watching the Yeah, baseball. but it's bad for the league, though. Sure, but most of the, the NHL, a professional league, most of their money comes from advertising. So they've got with empty seats, they've got much more advertising space. 
Yeah, right? but according according to I don't know if it was uh, it was uh, not Hockey Central at noon. They are saying that the NHL is a gate driven league more than more so than like Major League Baseball or the NFL or or um, you know even basketball. Like the NHL is more of a gate driven league. They don't have that big TV deal that they're searching for yet. So. It's um it's very important that, that you know they can try to get fans in as soon as possible because like I said I mean it's uh it's more of a gate driven league than all the other leagues. Sure, but it's still again they massive advertising dollars also go into it. But there I think they will only bring fans back when it's absolutely safe to bring fans back and right now it seems like it's a, a bit off currently. Well, yeah. Well, again, we'll see what happens in terms of uh, the doctors and the the scientists and everything putting everything together, you know. And hopefully, we can find something that uh, at least neutralizes this a little bit. So, part of the thing of the return is that to get back to play, they needed to ratify a new CBA. So they the players voted. This went on for a few days, and it actually, I think, went much more quickly than I thought it would. Generally, CBA discussions and and bargaining discussions can drag on a little bit until both sides kind of get almost, I mean, generally the league ends up winning out. Uh, But this, I mean, took place over four or five days, six days, where they got it all the way through a four-year extension on the CBA, which is great, which means we will not have a lockout for at least four years, which is nice. And there's a, a little bit more in it for the Red Wings in in terms of salary cap issues. So the big thing that, that stuck out to a lot of people, and this is like a nightmare for teams like Vancouver and Toronto and Boston, is that the salary cap will stay at $81.5 million for the 2021 season, but it will also stay that way until revenues reach $4.8 billion dollars. Uh, after that, a formula for establishing the cap will be employed that uses hockey relative revenue from two seasons prior, which basically they're saying that for the next two years, there will at least the next two years, there will not be any raise in the cap. So teams that tried using LTIR to their advantage, who have contracts that are running out of LTIR like Toronto, uh, Vancouver has some cap issues coming up where they have free agents that are going to need big contracts and they don't have the money. They're going to have to dump players. And the Red Wings have a ton of cap space that they can use to their advantage because cap space is now a premium. So one of the recent kind of rumors that I heard, uh, and again a rumor, is that the Red Wings are talking to try to get one of Vancouver's goalies. My guess would be Thatcher Demko, young goalie who could, if everything goes right, be a very good starter. He's 24, I think, right now. So he's right at that goalie age where they either make it or break it. And I would say you could probably get Thatcher Demko for almost nothing if you took Louis Erickson's contract. So they have. Are they not high on Thatcher Demko anymore? Well, I think they are, but in order to get rid of, you've got, they got to get rid of Louis Erickson's contract. They can't afford that garbage contract, especially with no raise in the cap. So they're going to have to dump it and the Red Wings are, would be willing to take it, but they're going to want something good. 
So one of the other proposals I thought saw thrown out was Louis Erickson and a first and their first round pick for someone like Dennis Chalowski, which I would take. You're getting a first round pick for Chalowski, who was a first round pick, first but round is pick, not yeah. playing like a first round pick. I mean, he still has the capabilities, I think. I think he will still be a good NHL player eventually, but you can get a first round pick in a very deep draft by taking on a garbage contract. But I would take Thatcher Demko and Louis Erickson and send them something like a fifth round pick or something just to take that contract and get a good young goalie, which we it seems like all our goalie prospects are either super young and we don't know what they're going to do or they've kind of fallen a little flat or are, in the case of someone like Petrozelli, still trying to prove that, that they can do it, but they're all still a little bit off. Yeah, I mean, um, like like I said, I mean, it, it's going to take creativity. Steve Eisman. That's I, his I game. It, I said it when when um, you know he took over in Detroit. You know, if he's going to speed up this rebuild, which it it doesn't seem like he's try he tried to do in the first year, which is fine. You know, observing and and you know seeing what he's got and everything like that. Because I mean, he hasn't been in the organization since what two thousand eight when yeah. they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, observing and taking a look and seeing what he has, I think he now he has an idea of what he has and what he can do with it and, and you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, getting creative, trading draft picks, uh, taking on some salary, and especially with salary going to be a pre- – or cap space going to be a premium this year. It, it, it's very important that they can do s- stuff like that to expedite. I mean, Louis Erickson isn't great. But is he better than a guy like Darren Helm? He could put the puck in the net. I, I, I mean, maybe. I, calling Louis Erickson great is, I mean... It, oh, no, I didn't say great. I didn't say great. I'm just saying, is he great? No, absolutely not. But he can put the puck in the net. He's more of a pro than Justin Abdelkader, right? I mean, he's sure. he's a much better player than Justin Abdelkader. So, I mean, it's just like... They need to get creative and and they need to do stuff like that to to try and, you know, get things back on track. Really. So Louis Erickson is 35 years old. He played 49 games with six goals and seven assists. Now, that's... Oh, jeez, he's over the hill. Yeah, but it's a person who's taking up a lot of cap space for them. So, but, like you said, if you look at Justin Ablocator, uh, Justin Ablocator played... 49 games and had three assists so louis erickson had six goals and four more assists than justin applicator uh, this season which you're paying justin applicator four million dollars four and a half million dollars almost five and and he's doing nothing so could you waive applicator get louis erickson who is arguably an upgrade plus get a young goalie for like nothing sure you could and you should because, again, use that cap space to your advantage because you are, are dropping dead weight. And it's okay to take the dead weight contract of Louis Erickson, who has until the 2022-23 season. So two more seasons left on his contract at $6 million a season. So I'd take two years of him and get Thatcher Demko, who, yes, yep, is, I agree. Who is I 24 totally agree. years old and only costs... Uh, a little over a million dollars. Plus, I mean, this is down the road, but I mean, you know, I, I could see, you know, if Erickson's 
plays well and you know, I mean, he has played well in the past. He's not great anymore, it seems like. But, I mean, if he does play well and, and you know, we get to the trade deadline, assuming, you know, next season goes the, as it's supposed to, um, he plays well, gets dealt at the trade deadline. You know, we eat half the salary or, you know, something like that. Um, I mean, I'm sure he can help a team that's, that's on the cusp of, you know, going to the Stanley Cup playoffs or, or someone that, you know, needs, needs a scoring winger or, or, you know, someone on the power play or whatever. Sure, but uh, I guess my other question would be: Could could Iserman try and fleece uh, Vancouver for Michael DiPietro? He he played in the World Juniors one year. I think it was the year that the World Juniors was in Vancouver, and the United States lost in the uh, the gold medal game against uh, Finland, Kapo Kako and the boys. And, um, oh, yes, yes, it was, it was. And then later that season, I think a lot of the Canucks goalies were hurt, and he ended up playing for the Canucks, if I if I remember correctly. Michael DiPietro played one game yep, for one the game. Canucks with a goals against average of 7-1-6, which is... Yeah, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. No, but he is one of the more promising young goalies in, in the system. Sure. So Absolutely. now that might be another reason they could say, yeah, we'll give up Thatcher Demko because we've got DiPietro coming in. So it's, again, a rumor. No one really knows what's going on except for Iserman. And these rumors tend to be not true because Iserman has a very tight grip on the people he talks to and what it actually comes out. So we'll see what happens, but I the they are going to have to use their cap space to their advantage by taking on a garbage contract and getting assets for it. And assets should help uh, speed up the rebuild. The way Steve um, runs his operation is very similar to how the Patriots run their operation. They don't; they're very tight lipped. They don't want anybody saying anything. They don't want players saying stupid things. You don't know what happens until things. it happens. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's when, you know, Eisenman, I mean, how many times did we like we'd watch a game and then after the game there was a trade and you had no idea. There was no rumors about it. Or his trades under the Robbie cover. Fabry. Yeah, yeah. Or his trades at like two in the morning, a trade gets <laughs> reported. I remember seeing a meme like during the season of of Steve Eisenman like in the dark, like just like with yeah. a lamp, like this Steve, is Eisenman making a trade. Steve Eisenman <laughs> is the Batman of general managers where he only does his work under the cover of night. I mean, I mean, like like I said, it's it's about it's about being creative and about, you know, trying to acquire as many assets as possible and then striking when you can strike to make a trade. Absolutely. Uh, but there's a couple more things that changed in the CBA. The NHL will take part in the 2022 Beijing and 2026 Mil- uh, Milan Olympics, pending I an agreement it. with the International Olympic Committee. This was a must-have for the players. Uh, Gary Bettman sucks. He says it screws up their schedule. I say screw All-Star Week. Just get rid of All-Star Week. Do what my plan is and plan the All-Star game around the draft. Let the kids who are up for draft, the top players play in the All-Star game, the kids versus the vets kind of thing. I think it would be cool. But you don't have to take that entire week off for the All-Star game. And the players would much rather go play in the Olympics because it's playing for your country and you only get the chance every four years to do it. 
and some players that's that's one of their dreams their dream is to win the stanley cup and then their one of their other dreams is to play for their country and i don't think the new cba would have been uh, approved if the olympics were not yeah i agree i agree i mean the i remember when when this whole thing happened and, and we we were robbed of some of the best olympic hockey um when they didn't go to pyeongchang in, in 2018 i mean i swear you know austin matthews with team usa Connor mcdavid and Sidney crosby with team canada dad dylan, dylan larkin with team usa like we were robbed that would have been an amazing team usa they may not have won because canada you know they they can feel the b squad and probably beat the united states but it's a short tournament you never know and that's what i love about it i've always been an advocate advocate of it i love the world juniors because that's as close as we get to the olympics these days but i was so happy to see that cooler heads could prevail and and the nhl eventually you know pending an agreement with the iihf and the ioc which they're like yes please Exactly. Like I said, I mean, the IOC can be hard to deal with because they're such a joke of a committee. But the Olympics itself, with having the National Hockey League there, is just awesome. It's trust me, the World Cup of Hockey's garbage, especially the way that they tried to give it to us last time. It's just it's it's not Olympic hockey. It'll never be Olympic. No, hockey. No, but I mean that they, that Young Guns team was pretty interesting. No, it was. But here's the thing with the with the with the way that they were doing that. Um, um, the World Cup of Hockey last time, it was very gimmicky. I mean, the, the, yes, the, the the Young Gun team was cool and the Europe team was cool. I have no problem with that. Where I do have a problem with with is like the uniforms that they were using. They were so NHL. They couldn't use the IIHF. They didn't want anything to do with the IIHF. And it's just like I understand a lot of people don't like the IIHF for what they do with their referees and their garbage calls and everything. But you know what? At the end of the day, having that is more olympic olympic kind of hockey than the gimmick crap that the nhl was trying to give you um what was it 2016 the world cup of hockey yeah it was a while ago yeah so i mean like i said i'm so excited that the nhl is going to go to the olympics i think a lot of people are i mean some people aren't i mean and, and that's their prerogative but like i said i think it's it's awesome to see that the nhl um is going back People that get angry are the ones that say they don't want the players getting injured in meaningless games. No, and those games deal. may be meaningless to the, the some of the fans, but those games are far from meaningless to the actual players. Those are probably some of the most meaningful games those players will ever play. Yeah, and, and like I said, I mean, it's a lot of people say that, you know, they're not meaningful games, and a lot of people say that, you know, the, the NHL players would rather win a Stanley Cup, but you know what? I mean, to some of these American players, and, and I, I don't know if you remember, but in 2010, the, the, the gold medal game, we'll probably never see anything like that ever again because, you know, that was on Canadian uh, ice, and, you know, it was in Vancouver, and it was about as NHL as possible. We were on an NHL rink, but, I mean... That that was tremendous hockey. You know, Team USA pushed Canada all the way to the brink, and they almost beat them. Canada was a much more talented team in in those Olympic games, and the United States pushed them to the brink, and then Sidney Crosby happened. But, I mean, to have something very similar to that again would be awesome. To see the United States win an Olympic gold is one of the things I dream of, honestly. Yeah, so a couple other things that happened in the CBA – uh, the league minimum salary will be set at $750,000. Entry-level salaries will be set at $950,000 for players drafted in 2022 and 2023. 
and will go to 975 in the next two years before hitting a million dollars in 2026. So by 2026, the entry level minimum salary will be $1 million. There are also increases in the bonuses available to players on entry level deals. Uh, no move and no trade clauses will now move with the players, even if they haven't been triggered. In the past, teams acquiring players with no move or no trade clauses had to agree to keep the clauses. So they now move with the players regardless. Uh, basically, that's a, that's an agreement. You're getting a player knowing they have a no move or no trade clause. Players yeah, 30- I don't know if I love that. I think it's fine. I Some players agree to move and then their things are voided and then they can be moved again. I mean, I'd be kind of pissed if I agreed to go somewhere and then they just decided to trade me again because I agreed to be traded the first time and then they're free to just trade me wherever. So I think that's a good move. I mean, I can see why the players would want that. And, you know, I mean, that's that's something that I mean, what, what do the owners really care about that that much? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess it's more th- that is more a player focused move where the players yes, say, absolutely. if I agree to be traded somewhere, my no trade needs to stay in effect to where if they want to trade me again, I need to be able to agree to where I'm going. Yeah, Greg, so, I'll just say one thing about the whole CBA as a whole. I mean, it, it's I mean, you know, from from back in uh, what was it, 2013, the lockout there, the, the shortened season, I mean, the fact that they were able to get back on the same page after, you know, some of the comments Jonathan Taves made. And, you know, I know the pandemic probably had something to do with it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, for them to be able to hammer out a deal in the middle of a pandemic that got the back-to-play plus the CBA plus Olympic participation, the NHL and the Players Association deserve a ton of credit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, give some of that credit to Justin Applicator, right? <laughs> he's in the room on those discussions. He's he part of apparently in the room. He's he's part of those discussions. Uh, but yeah, the other the other things that were interesting: players thirty five and older can sign multiple year contracts, and there will not be a cap hit if they retire before the end of the deal, provided the deals are flat or ascending in value. Currently, the cap hit for players thirty five and older remained on the books if they retired before the completion of the contract. So, if a player is thirty five and he signs a five year contract and he only plays two of those years and says, I'm retiring, uh, that cap will drop off as long as it's not a a front-loaded contract that decreases as years go by. So say you sign Zetterberg at 35 to a $5 million a year contract, uh, and, and it stays that flat $5 million every year, and then two years later he decides he wants to, he needs to retire, that cap drops off. That hit is no longer there. So it kind of... It's what a lot of teams use the LTIR for now. Um, they won't yeah. have they won't have to do that. Uh, there are also uh, I don't care about the changes to front loaded deals, and um, yeah, players and spouses or significant others travel in business class now. But those are most of the interesting things about the new CBA, uh, which kind of leads us into return to play. So the CBA was ratified, and that was part of the the return to play, is that they wanted to have a CBA in place before they got back. The bubbles are built. The players are in their bubbles. Uh, I believe they are... Just about. No, not yet. Sunday. uh, I think some of them are headed there. They have the gates going up. They are fencing the hotels off. 
Oh, I love it. So no one can get in. No one can go out. If I'm a fan, I'm standing outside the fence and I'm hoping players come out so I can like toss pucks over to them for them to sign. But uh, they the have gloves on. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll wear a mask <laughs> and I'll wear a hazmat suit. But the the fences are going Joel up. Joel Embiid. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fences are going up in Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, Edmonton had a little bit of a hiccup where the roof caved in and the whole f- bottom know, floor like flooded crazy. by the entrance. Um, but they said it's good to go. I said if my comment and Patrick Kane echoed my comment was that if if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. What if it's just like flooding and they're like clearly someone doesn't want them to play. But well, that's like the baseball right now, the the, the rain delay for the Yankees and the National. <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're heading to their bubbles. Uh, the testing now, the testing for uh, COVID in the NHL has been good. I think they said out of something like 2,600 tests, was it 2,600? Something like yep. that. Yeah. Uh, 2,619 tests. There were only two positive cases. That is a 0.07% positive So if the players are being good and Tyler has reported that some of the players are not being good, like David Pasternak Pasternak (laughs) playing roller hockey and sitting in a restaurant and Chelmsford mass. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And and I believe that has to probably be the same case with Kasha, who they have both. He was in the same picture. They have both not been at practice and they have both not been with the team. And they keep saying now the part of the rules of this phase or the NHL is not is the teams are not allowed to disclose injuries or disclose COVID cases. They basically have to say we can't report anything about that unless the NHL says we can. And I don't think the NHL is going to give anyone permission to say who has COVID and who doesn't, because that way they can kind of control it a little bit. Yeah, honestly, I'm okay with it. I mean, at first I was like, well, what the fuck? But then at the end of the day, you saw um, Jacob Voracek. He 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 apparently, you know, he was unfit to play or whatever, and he was back the next day. So, I mean, some of these are maintenance days. I mean, think about it. These guys, some of these guys haven't been on the ice for, you know, what, three months at least? I mean, and, and I'm sure maybe some of them in Sweden and, and some of those countries were already skating, and, and you know, but that's – but I mean, for the most part, the majority haven't been skating for the last three, three and a half months. No. And I mean, so so people are going to have bumps and bruises and 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 you know have some some issues. So sure. I mean, I, I understand it. Yeah, they're getting ready to play, but I think it gets a little murky when uh, getting into it, and you're going to get to two days before the playoffs, and they say, "Well, this person's unfit to play," but we can't tell you why. So the first the first jump to conclusion is going to be, oh, well, they have COVID. And that kind of happened. It shouldn't have happened, but it kind of happened when they said Sidney Crosby left practice early. And the whole a bunch of the fans, and I even quoted it, and I said, this is going to screw them up because people are going to obviously go to, well, Crosby has COVID. Now, leaving practice early and having COVID doesn't make much sense unless he took a test and went to practice, and then the test results came back mid-practice. But in the comments, they're like, oh, well, Crosby has COVID. So this is going to make a lot of people just jump to conclusions, but two tests, uh, two positives out of 2,619 tests is good. And once they get to the bubble, I think, again, they will all be tested. They'll get those test results back, which they're normally under 24-hour turnaround. And then if there are no positives and no one leaves, then they're good. They're good to go. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember, um, well, I mean, I don't know if you listen to Spittin' Chicklets or not, but um, I was listening to Chicklets the other day, and Whitney said he talked to an NHL executive that basically said, you know, if they get to the bubbles and there's not any, you know, real tests, I'm sorry, any real positive tests, I mean, they should be good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I once, once they're there, they're there, they have everything they need. They said literally... Everyone from the door hop, bellhop guy at the door to the chefs, to the room service people, to everyone is going to be tested like daily. So they're making sure that no one inside those fences has COVID. Well, I'll tell you what, too. The the fact that they're going to Canada and the fact that they're in Toronto and Edmonton. Yeah, and Canada has it pretty much under control. It, well, I, I don't want to say that because, I mean, that's the, the, then you run the possibility of, you know, things things going off the rails. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, for the most part, they do. They, they have it under somewhat control. So, I mean, at the end of the day, really what you're looking at is, is the Canadian government has, has an idea of what's going on where it's, they looked at – and you got to give the NHL credit for this. They wanted Vegas. They didn't oh, yeah. want Edmonton. They wanted no. Vegas. They wanted Toronto and Vegas. They yeah, wanted Vegas couldn't get their shit together. But but Vegas just couldn't get out of their own way. And you got to give the NHL credit for looking at that and like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we'll we're pass. Good. Thanks. We'll pass. We're, <laughs> we'll go somewhere else. And, and you really have to give the NHL credit for that because they could have just done what the NBA is doing. And, and, and I mean, I guess it's a little bit different, but I mean, still. Uh, I love the fact that they're fencing it off. And, and so what is this? Did they actually end up announcing and showing pictures and videos and stuff of the actual bubbles and what they're going to look like? Because there was a rumor today that that was going to happen. I didn't see any and I haven't sought them out, but I didn't see any internal pictures. I just saw a couple pictures of outside of the hotel that showed the fencing that they were putting up. Is the hotels like right next to the arena? It's a Marriott Hotel, I think. Um, it's got to be within pretty close distance. I mean, the, they got to get... I, I think there was one thing that said bus drivers are going to be tested, so they must bus them to the arena, which I guess the bus would pull up right to the edge of the fence, open up the door, they'd let them all in, and then pull up right to the doors of the arena and let them off. But Well, Elliot basically said that uh, these players are also going to have opportunities to play golf on their days off. They're also going to be able to go to restaurants, but not restaurants with public restaurants that I'm sure the NHL has paid you know a ton of money for. Well, already. it's probably the restaurant. A lot of the hotels will have restaurants connected to them. So oh, it's probably right. going to be the restaurants connected to the hotels. But if you look at the way the NBA is a lot of people are saying that the NBA, this bubble is basically like they're living in a 2K game where they've got, they <laughs> built them their own barber shop and they're building them all these different venues and stuff. And there's lounges where they can watch the other games. And I assume the NHL is going to have the same thing, but I think the NHL and the NBA have their precautions set much better than what it seems like the NFL and the MLB are doing. But It'll be interesting to I see. I just don't what think happens. Major League Baseball for them to go into a bubble is just not not it's not feasible. You know, it's not something they no, can the do. The games Plus, are I mean, too long. The, the games are too long. The bubble it's just it's not possible. And same with the NFL. I mean, how are you supposed to you know contain 53 nfl players on each team that that's 50 whatever 30 53 times 30 is plus staff i mean think about a a a sideline in an nfl team it's packed full just about sure so maybe so maybe they need to lower their rosters 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but then, but then you 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 see all these other sports um, expanding the rosters. I don't know what you do, really. I mean, the NFL's in a tough spot if there's yeah. no vaccine. Well, the MLB has a sixty-player like taxi squad, or they've got like a see, like an eight-player taxi squad did? and sixty-player roster. Did you see what baseball did though? They, they, so they they they're still using the actual dugout. But what they're doing for for the like the players that aren't like actually playing in the game, they're doing like a um, like a tent kind of like to the left of the or the, get, to the right of the dugout. Get in your tent. Yeah, <laughs> get in your tent and stay six feet apart. <laughs> well, now now what they're saying is that the players that they have sent down. Uh, one of the articles quoted saying that the a freep article. So they're going to Toledo, uh, Fifth Third Bank, and they're keeping their players in storage until they're needed so like do those players have to like live on the field and they're at night they're just put in a closet until they're recalled by the tigers to come back and play <laughs> but it's like for the minor the players that are kind of on hold it, it's gotta suck for them because they you still mean to tell me they couldn't have a, they couldn't have had a triple a season uh well the triple a league is that is a almost a hundred percent gate driven yeah. league which is why I, I find it hard to believe that an AHL season is going to happen because that is also a very gate-driven league. But they're sending all these players down there to not play games in, in the MLB. They're sending them down there to practice, I guess, play intra-squad games, which only gets you so much practice. But it kind of sucks for them because they're almost losing a whole year. The, the development is going to be very, I'm not going to say very little, but it's going to be less than playing against unknown competition. Well, honestly, I, ju- I just think that it's one of those situations where, you know, baseball as a whole, you know, they, they have their, their squads. But, like, think in the Tigers case, right? Casey Mize, uh, yep. Tariq Skubal. And, well, Mize will probably guys. be back. Mize will probably be back, but like, and, and you know, if you look at the Dodgers, the same thing happened today. You know, Clayton Kershaw, or they, they sent Dustin May down, but then Clayton Kershaw has back stiffness, so he's not playing tonight. So they called Dustin May up, and he's making the opening day start. So, I mean, this, the same thing could happen with the Tigers, but I mean, think about it. If you're Casey Mize, you got to be pissed right now. Well, I think it's understandable from a, a contract point. They don't want to burn an active year, even though Avila denied it. Mize only has to be down for like six games or seven days or something like that, and then he can be recalled and and play. Uh, just that wouldn't burn an active year, so that they can extend his contract without and have don't have to pay him as soon. Um, That's true. The the Chris Bryant um, experiment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with the NHL, the schedule coming up goes as follows. And I'm going to just kind of read off the first two days, which is game one of the play-in rounds. Uh, August, Saturday, August 1st, which is this Saturday coming up, right? Is that this Saturday? Is that next yep. Saturday? Uh, let's look no, here. August 1st no, is not, next No, not tomorrow, or not two days from now. Next it's, Saturday. Yeah, it's next Saturday. Yeah. So August 1st, which is next Saturday, game one, Carolina versus New York, will be on NBC Sports at 12 noon. Uh, game one of Chicago versus N- N- Edmonton will be on NBC at 3 p.m. Uh, Florida versus New York will be on NBC Sports at 4 p.m. Montreal versus Pittsburgh will be on NBC at 8 p.m. And Winnipeg versus Calgary will be on NBC Sports at 10.30. So I'm going to have to have side-by-side TVs going for that. Yep. And then on Sunday, sure. Arizona versus Nashville will be on USA at 2 p.m. 
the round robin of Boston versus Philly will be on NBC at 3. The round robin of St. Louis versus Colorado will be on NBC Sports at 6.30. Game 1 of Columbus versus Toronto will be on NBC Sports at 8 p.m. And Game 1 of Minnesota versus Vancouver will be on NBC Sports at 10.30. Uh, is that all the games? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That's only 20 teams and two round robins. So the other games must not either not be televised or they will be on Sportsnet probably, which unless you get... Um, no, NHL Network. Will they be on NHL Network? This is just yep. the NBC schedule that I'm reading on. So if they're on NHL Network, the rest of the games will be on there. So you're going to have nonstop hockey for literally, I'm looking at date August 3rd, August 4th, August 5th. Uh, you're going to have nonstop hockey for the entire five days of the play-in. And then Tuesday you have Pittsburgh versus Philly. And Wednesday of Carolina versus Washington, Chicago versus St. Louis. And Rangers versus Islanders. So that's, oh, never mind. That's July 28th. You you get a yeah, watch. July twenty eighth is so so that's two, that's this Tuesday coming up. Those are the warm ups. So you have the Flyers and the Penguins at four on NBCSN, which is that's that's great if you're a worker. I mean, you get out at four o'clock. I get out at four thirty, but I'll still have it on the iPad. And then you have Montreal and, and Toronto at eight o'clock on NHL Network. That's a missed opportunity to not put that game on NBCSN. But anyways, and then Wednesday, then you have the yeah, Oilers and the Flames at ten thirty p.m. on NHL Network. And then the next day, yeah, you can you can go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, Wednesday on the 29th, you get to watch Carolina versus Washington on NBC Sports at 4. Chicago versus St. Louis on NBC Sports at 6.30. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, two and a half hours later. So mm. you've got Carolina-Washington at 4, and you've got uh, Chicago-St. Louis at 6.30, and then you've got New York versus New York on NBC Sports at 8, and that will also be a good game um, because Rangers-Islanders is always a great ri- uh, and rivalry And then you have game. a couple... A couple other games in that same day: Lightning Panthers at noontime on NHL Network, Wild and and uh, Avalanche at two thirty p.m. So you have twelve, two thirty, four, six thirty, eight, and ten thirty. I don't want to hear anybody complaining that there isn't enough hockey. Yeah, you you <laughs> we were going from having no hockey to more hockey than we could possibly watch. So, which is a great problem to have, I guess. I mean, Patrick we're... Kane said it was uh, what? What did he say? A, a March Madness version of hockey, which sure. really it is. I yeah. Mean, so, what do so, you think of of team? Do you think they're going to go hard in those games, or what? What do you think? What the exhibition games? Yeah. No, the exhibition games is basically going to be getting their legs under them before they get freaking trampled before playing actual playoff. Yeah, hockey. but Pittsburgh, Philly, t- uh, Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton. Oh, uh, Calgary might get hairy. They're still they'll still play with some fire. The guys are going to be chirping each other still. And they've got a lot of pent up aggression that they haven't been able to get out since March. So you figure there, there'll be hits. There'll be kind of guys going at each other because those are rivalry teams. I mean, you're getting the Pittsburgh, yep. like you said, Pittsburgh, Philly. You're getting New York, New York in there. So it, it'll be it, it, I don't think it'll be as hard as we're used to. But it'll still be pretty competitive. No, you won't get as hard as we're used to until round one of the playoffs. So I think the round robin games might get a little tough. The playing games, I mean, you lose your consolation prize could be Lafreniere. So who cares about that? But I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see. The August August 1st slate is ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. That whole first week. (laughs) 
is ridiculous. It's it, like I there's said, it, only one be, day without hockey. It's Friday, July thirty first. <laughs> it will and then be nonstop hockey. It will be nonstop hockey for until October. So it'll be real interesting to see what happens. But I think that's where we're going to end it tonight. We got to wrap up. We're out of time. Uh, so let's get your final thoughts, and then we'll close it out. Well, my final thoughts is, I mean, at last, sports are back. I mean, you know, we're we're keeping our fingers crossed that everything can kind of, you know, even itself out. But it, all indications look like even if there are cases, these leagues are going to push through because they have to continue to make money because they can't just sit there, you know, with their thumb up your, the you-know-where. So, I mean, it seems like they're going to try to push through kind of like the PGA Tour has been, even though they've had some positive cases. Although in the NHL's case, you know, they're going to a vacuum environment, a bubble environment. So they should be okay, I would think. And, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed about the other leagues. Um, so happy to see everything. You know, I mean, it, it really was a, a joy just to, to get home and see Major League Baseball on the TV. And, and I mean, it's it's a long it's been a long time coming. It's going to be different, but I feel oh, like no. after a little you bit, we're going to get you used didn't to hear it. when there's a home team, they're bringing in home team stuff. What do you so mean? like Nashville, when they play and they're the home team. There's still going to be the you suck chance against the goalie. They're going to play them over oh, the speakers. I think that the NHL should do what uh, the what the NBA is doing. Make it like a TV set environment kind yeah, of sure. thing. Yeah, sure. It's make it and, like a video game. Yeah. I mean, perfect. Did you see what MLB is doing on Saturday? No. They are doing virtual fans in the crowd. Nice. That'll no, be, like I swear to god, like a video game, like that'll MLB be the show. Real interesting looking. That's going to be, no, it's, I'm sorry. That's going to be very, very creepy. Creepy, but I mean, I think it might work. I mean. Sure. I mean, the, the noise already makes you like, if you're not paying attention to the stands, the, the noise already makes you think there's people there. So people say the fan, the fan noise is annoying, but it's literally just fan noise from other games. I bet you'll be able to turn it off by watching like the NBC live extra app or whatever, the NBC sports app, if you want to. Maybe. But anyways, that, those are my final thoughts. Twitter. Oh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at SealDog91. Everybody have a good weekend. So my final thoughts are I am extremely excited that hockey is back. Uh, if you hadn't seen, I have redesigned our logo. We have a new logo. It is clean. I love it. It is sharp. I thought we needed to make it a little more simple, uh, bring a little bit more kind of what we do into it. And I went with mm-hmm. the exact Red Wings color match. So our red is Red Wings red, um, which is really good. So uh, I guess my final thoughts are just we've been patient and finally things are, are starting to come back. Like Tyler said, I think as long as the players kind of sit in this bubble environment and do not break any rules and get in there and there are no more positive tests, I think we're good to go for the entire time since they don't have to go anywhere. So we will see a Stanley Cup asterisk awarded this year see i don't think it's gonna be an asterisk i think it is. and the only reason i say that the only reason i say that usually i would say yes baseball is more of an asterisk than anything because there's sure. only 60 games but the nhl you're still gonna have to do the four rounds and seven games of the stanley cup playoffs and you're still gonna have to do the grueling thing i it, i think this is gonna be even harder to get motivated without fans i think this is gonna be tough i'm going to say it's an asterisk because there is technically no home ice advantage or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. That so, is true. 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. Uh, more importantly, I run our our Twitter, so you can follow us online at Grindline Pod. Uh, if you go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com and use promo code Grindline, you get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off. I also like to give a shout out to Founders, who is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. And I also like to give a huge shout out to Upper Deck Hockey and the Upper Deck Trading Card Company, who gives us some awesome stuff to give away to people. Uh, I have a set of cards going out this week, and our next set will be going up shortly uh, for giveaway. But we love them. Uh, They're really good to us, and we get to pass along to you guys, which is even better. Uh, And then we're going to pretty soon have some hats which will be pretty cool. Uh, Tyler's dad is getting us some hats embroidered, so I think we'll be doing probably a hat giveaway also to some people that want to rep our podcast. Uh, You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on uh, Spotify. Anywhere you can find podcasts, we are there, and our podcast is housed on anchor.fm. But for Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy. Hockey Town.